Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, May the 4th, 2023, Graham Jesus and Matthews here. As always, being joined by the one, the only, the illustrious Mr. Marceau. RJ, brother, what's going on? Doing well, GSM. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. we got a lot to discuss here today between the draft last week, the, the fake draft, not the real NFL draft, which I know you caught up with and we're following along, but we're talking the WWE draft here today from Friday and Monday, night one, night two. We're going to have the entire recap, our thoughts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and predictions for Backlash coming up shortly for this weekend in Puerto Rico on Saturday, uh, the first of a triad of uh, not international shows because technically this is not international but and uh, their first show in Puerto Rico uh, main roster premium live event since 2005 they're going to be going to Saudi next month or actually later this month for Night of Champions uh, and then in June, or no, I'm sorry, July, early first weekend of July, it's going to be Money in the Bank. And then back to the U.S. for Detroit and SummerSlam in August. So a lot to look forward to in the WWE and, and in AEW as well. Um, obviously, double or nothing. A little later on this month, we have our main event set. Fatal 4-Way 4 Pillars match with the AEW World Championship, as we all expected. Um, but before any of that, though, All In, or actually after that, All In's going to be going to Wembley Stadium in London. We were just discussing this before we hit record here. Um, in I think it's August, because they have All Out in September. So it's still several months away, but per early reports and Tony Khan's own numbers, uh, inflated or not are still very impressive. 47,000 tickets sold, I believe, as of now. For the all-in show in Wembley, which is a tremendous number and already their highest, uh, you know, attended event to date, uh, smashing the previous record of the Arthur Ashe Stadium show, I think, in either in 2020 or I'm sorry, 2021 or 2022, which was around 20,000 people. We'll get into that momentarily. New episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Uh, we're going to be discussing a lot here on the show in the coming weeks between, like I said, the draft here today, after the AW stuff, but the draft here today, Backlash Predictions Preview, next week Backlash Review. we got Double or Nothing coming up later this month, and NXT Battleground, which we will likely be at that same night. Listen, I would probably, if I was at home watching, I had a choice between both shows. It wouldn't be much of a question. You don't even really watch NXT nowadays, but I would obviously watch Double or Nothing. But because they're coming up close in Lowell, Mass, uh, near your neck of the woods, we, we probably will be there at that show over Memorial Day weekend. Very much looking forward to it. So, um, a lot going on here on the show, other interviews and stuff like that as well, so stay tuned. But like I said, before we get into the WWE stuff, Mr. Marceau, do you want to uh, kind of expand upon what we were already discussing before we hit record here all in, head of the Wembley, a little bit later this year. As of this recording, it's Thursday. The on sale, uh, the on the official on sale for All In is tomorrow on Friday. The initial number that came out on Tuesday from Tony Khan, I believe, was thirty-seven or thirty-five rather thousand tickets sold for that show. 
The pre-sale then increased to 47,000 tickets sold on Wednesday, per Tony Khan's tweet, and that's without other tickets being sold heading into Friday. So uh, my initial projection, I had said this on hashtag uh, several weeks ago, that if they can get between 40 and 50, that's great. I mean, like I said, their previous record was 20,000. It wasn't really about beating the record. That was inevitable. It was more about... I mean, because I don't know if they're setting it up for 90,000. I really don't know. But it does, that stadium does fit 90,000. So a lot of people, when the show was announced, were thinking, I mean, it's completely crazy to go there when they can go somewhere smaller. Why not just go to either the O2 or Craven Cottage or whatever that fits a lot less than 90? It, it doesn't always look great when you try to run a building that's 90, but you actually get like 40 in there. But again, per these early numbers... Um, even if brokers are involved here, I, I still think that's a strong number. Assu assuming they're 85% legit, I mean, you can kind of shed some more light on that. You have more expertise in that area. Um, I still think these are strong numbers and it's shaping up to be a big show without even a single match or named announced. So I just want to get your thoughts and what you think of these numbers, what you think the ultimate number is, and give me some analytics as far as uh, the percentage of brokers, real tickets and stuff like that, and how many people you think will end up being at all in. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, like you said, I think, the, I mean, off the number alone, I mean, like you said, 35000 initially, I mean, that's definitely a good start. Um, it really depends on what they have available. I mean, it depends on all different sales, like we do sales at, I mean, we've had so many, some concerts this year, like the, the volume was so high, like, just, we didn't even really have an on sale, just because we just put everything in the pre-sale, just because we knew it was going to sell out, so I'm not sure exactly... If they all their allotments in the pre-sale, what they have, it, it really depends on how they set it up. Like, like I said before, like depending on, I mean, there is going to be a good handful of brokers. I mean, like I said, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. The first time they've come over, it's in a big show, big arena. I mean, that's just going to approach brokers just in general, just like anything in the States would, like any big event will. Um, but it really depends on what their allotment is. If it's like they have it set up for 50000 they've sold... Or sixty thousand, they sold forty-seven already. Like that would make the general public thirteen thousand. Like I said, then it'd be more attractive for a broker to then resell the tickets because there's not that many tickets available to to sell. I mean, realistically, I think they would look for a number like that based on the analytics now. I mean, like I said, just because forty-seven thousand tickets have been bought, that doesn't mean forty-seven thousand people are coming. I mean, like I said, if they if they open up for ninety and they already have forty-seven thousand, like. I, I think there would be a mistake. I think at this point, if they have 47,000 sold now, I'd probably aim for closer to like a 60,000, like you said. I just, mm -hmm. I think that would make the most sense. Um, but like I said, I don't know what they've capped off, what they have available, but I think with what's sold, you have to then base on how many people probably are brokers that are reselling or just people in general that are reselling, and then you have to then kind of figure out how many people you think are going to attend so it is definitely a weird thing because it's like you said like people see the number and immediately think okay forty-seven thousand people are coming which is just not the case um but it really depends on what they're looking for but i think they should shoot for like 55 60 000. and then if they have forty-seven thousand, like i said plus the general public depending on how many people actually come in or reselling it it'd probably be closer a sellout in that aspect if they had 60000 allotted. Yeah, I think sixty is probably more realistic now, personally. Um, coming off the news, I mean, again, 
If they sell 60,000 tickets, will 60,000 people be there? I'm not sure. We won't know until that day comes later on in August. I think it would be definitely close to that. Like I said, my initial projection was between 40 and 50. I think anything beyond that at the time would have been great. And I still think it'll be great. I mean, anything over 50 for this company that has never... I think anything over 40 or... Honestly, probably anything over 40 or 50 probably hit the number just like making it worth it financially. Oh, definitely. yeah, that definitely. alone is a win at that point. I mean, especially for uh, for a promotion that has never run a, a big show like this. I mean, I don't have the number in front of me. I was kind of wondering earlier, and I should have pulled it up, and I still can if you, if you want to, you can. Clash of the Castle, WWE's first major show over in London. I'm not sorry, not London, Cardiff and, and Wales last year. I don't know how many people they fit into that show. Um, just because if they did less doesn't necessarily mean much. Just because I mean, first of all, they inflate the numbers; the numbers aren't always legit. Second they of all, they had announced attendance of sixty-two thousand two ninety-six. Okay, so I mean, it's probably assuming it's inflated, it's probably closer to fifty-fifty-five. I don't know how many they usually it boost like it up. It, it looks like it normally holds around seventy-four, so that number number might not be too inflated. Okay, yeah, maybe it is sixty. Um, I don't know what the ticket prices were for that show because I heard they were very expensive. So again, like we were talking about before, I don't really know what the, the, the benefit is. You would probably know better than I would. Whether you want more people in there for cheaper tickets or do you want to make more money? Because I don't know what the... What was the final number that they made? Was it three five million? You said it earlier. I forgot. I thought I saw a figure that Tony Khan had posted. I thought it was like three million pounds, but... Maybe it's $7 million. I don't know. I don't know what the conversion is. I could have sworn I saw like it said like seven or three million pounds. Let me pull it up. I yeah, maybe I don't know if they want to make as much money off it as possible, and they'll raise the ticket price because again, like you said, the demand's going to be there because it's their first show over overseas in London. Um, it's a massive stadium. It's going to be a special event, a once yeah, in a lifetime type uh, of thing. Uh, Forty-three thousand tickets have been sold. It's four point five million pounds, five point seven million dollars. Okay, yeah, so around five six million dollars, which is. Great. Again, and that's only from the pre-sale. So is that the peak? Will they not sell anymore? I highly doubt it. Obviously, they're selling more tickets tomorrow. I think 60 is probably the number they're looking at. Honestly, to me, anything over 60 is exceeding my expectations, and I'm no fucking expert. And Again, not even nearly as much as you are, but I still think to be a pretty strong number for a show that, again, originally their record was close to 20. And at that time, that was still very impressive. Will they ever do 60,000 people over here in the U.S., like WrestleMania numbers? Probably not. I don't think so. Um, but just given the circumstances, I think it's uh, awesome that they're doing that over in that show. And again, that's without a single name or match being announced. And, and how much would the card really affect ticket sales? I mean, typically you would think that would be the case, but... I think it's more of the novelty of it at this point, and just knowing, not even knowing, oh, is Punk going to be on the show? Is fucking like Goldberg going to be there? Like, I think people will go regardless, and not just because of who's on the show. But a strong card would help. I mean, AEW, they're shaping up to have a very interesting and fun summer between Double or Nothing later this month. Uh, Forbidden Door, I think, is in July. No, June. I don't remember. I think it's in June. Um, they're headed to Canada in in July. That's where they're finishing the Owen Hart Cup tournament with the men and the women. Um, August is all in. And then September is uh, the All Out show in Chicago, I think a week later, which is also a risk as well to run two pay-per-views back-to-back. And then that's not even including the AEW Collision show, which we've already talked about before, reportedly coming in, uh, debuting in Chicago in mid-June on Saturday nights. So on that same note, kind of talking about that Collision show, which we brought up before, 
It's interesting because this isn't something we'll really spend a lot of time on. It was reported earlier this week from Andrew Zarian of the Metman Podcast that dark and dark elevation, which we've talked about before because when we were discussing Collision, will it cause other shows to end? Like, we still don't know what the status of Rampage is. I don't think that's affected as of now. Um, it, to me, it probably should be. I just feel like it renders that show irrelevant if you have Dynamite and Collision two hours, Rampage is an hour, no one gives a shit anyway. Friday's at, uh, at like 10 o'clock when it actually airs on time. They're preempted every week due to like basketball and stuff and, and, and baseball and whatever um, and all these other sports, but it, it, in hockey and whatever. So with this dark elevation news and dark whatever, I think it's a positive, honestly. I know there's a lot of people that won't get as many reps and shit. I think it was a positive to have the show in a certain element, but as someone who watched all the shows, I mean, that's just one person's perspective. I just don't think these two shows really served much of a purpose on the YouTube channel. I mean, it's great content for them, I guess, but I would rather see them put more effort into making more meaningful content on a collision type show than in dark or elevation. I know you really don't watch the shows much at all, but I'm curious what your thoughts and the news were. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a, I think like for someone like you, it's a blessing. I mean, it's one less thing for you to watch. Um, I mean, for the talent, I, I couldn't see it more, any positive out of it. I feel like a lot of them do need a lot of reps and they don't have like a performance center. They don't work a lot. Um, so in that aspect, they kind of think it's kind of a negative, honestly, for the talent more than obviously you, it's great. But I feel like for the talent, like it is a place like there are a lot of green talent. They have a a lot of talent as it is, but they do have a lot of people that are, newer and you need need more reps so i think on that aspect i feel like it isn't the greatest i feel like they could use that they do need more in-ring time um i don't know they'll probably do dark match and stuff before dynamite collision maybe to kind of improve on that but like i said they do have a big roster and i don't think these two shows really going to help with that aspect anyways but i think for reps purposes i feel like it's kind of a negative yeah it's interesting too because do you think this will cause, and I'm not saying it should or shouldn't, I don't really have much of a stance on it because, again, I don't want to see anyone lose their job or whatever, but do you think this will cause the company to trim more fat from their roster? I mean, I think I mentioned to you before, people like Abaddon, like the wingmen were on there every week. I mean, they're like the perennial job guys, for example. And I don't know how a lot of these contracts work. I don't know if certain people are under actual AEW deals, if they're just on per-appearance basis stuff. Um, but there is a lot of people, dude, if you look at this roster and we have before here on the show that only appear on dark, really, like we have not seen, I guess action and is doing more stuff in ring of honor now, but someone like him, um, I mean, there's just so many people, the dark order basically live on dark. I mean, it's in their fucking name. Uh, there's just so many people that don't even appear on the main roster shows. Can you justify keeping these people around? Do you think they just put them, most of them in Ring of Honor? Does that become the new Dark? Which it kind of feels like it's, it is anyway. Um, or, at the very least, do you do it? Do you think a brand split could help? But even honestly, dude, if you did a brand split, they have more people on their roster than Raw and SmackDown combined, men and women. I still think you probably... Not need to fire people, but if they're when their contracts come due, I think they need to take a hard look at their roster and say, hey, these are people we need or could use. Even job guys, I'm not saying get rid of all the job people, but they still have more people than they probably need on their roster, personally. We talk about this every week. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's one of those things they definitely, if they, they're looking at this other show, I mean, like you said, they, they can't just put everyone in the ring of honor. So I feel like it's one of those things you just have to look at it and, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it also it's what happens when you sign way too many people. You just got to look at the name and say, what is their future like? And are they going to actually 
provide something for this company. And they don't. I mean, unfortunately, you got to move on because they have a lot of people they have now that they're just sitting at home that aren't doing anything. That have value was the worst part. So they have a lot of people with value that aren't doing anything. They have a lot of people with are either new or just kind of just kind of be like a job people at this point. But like, and at the end of the day, it's a business. I understand like Tony Khan wants to be like friends with these people and whatever. But at the end of the day, it is a business. You can't have everyone hot. Like, can't have all of these people hired. Like, I can only imagine how much they're paying like Miro and uh, Andrade just to sit at home and do nothing. So, um. It, at the end of the day, it is a business. You kind of, you kind of have to treat it like one. And I, I think some of these people, you have to take a hard look at and say, I mean, like I said, some of these people might be more per appearance, which would honestly probably be helpful, just because you're not paying them a full time salary. But there are plenty of people that are on salary or full time people that aren't being used. So I think if this show is a brand split, you really got to take a look at it and make some decisions. Yeah, we'll see, and that's assuming they even do a brand split. That was just the rumor. They may not actually do that or a soft brand split. We still don't know. Um, and again, I mean, honestly, if I'm some of these people, if they really want to work, that's one thing. But they just have to... The talent, too, I mean, this doesn't just fall on Tony Khan and the company. I think if some of these people are backstage or sitting at home collecting a paycheck for really doing nothing, I'm not going to say get rid of them because I think, hey, listen, it's easy money. If you can get it, then that's great. But I think if they're the talent and you really want to work... Someone like a Frankie Kazarian who doesn't have like I mean his, his he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning of his career. He left earlier this year to go back to Impact or late last year, whatever it was. His contract was up. He left. I think a lot more talent. I'm not saying everyone needs to go to Impact or NWA. I mean, obviously, working for AEW, it's a much bigger company than either of those two brands. But if you really want to work, you got to think to yourself, all right, am I really going to get more reps in AEW when there is no dark and there's no dark elevation? Am I really going to get the exposure? I mean, even being on dark or elevation, more people watch those shows than Impact or NWA combined. I mean, you can look at the fucking YouTube numbers. It's just a fact. But now that dark and elevation are gone, again, if you're barely on the show, do I want to just sit at home doing nothing and get the occasional call from Tony Khan to come in and do a job on Rampage? Or would I rather maybe go try my hand elsewhere? That's what Alan Angels actually did, and he actually did not go back to AEW. Uh, Stu Grayson did, and I think he's in Ring of Honor right now, but uh, Alan Angels did not. Not that he's lighting the world on fire and impact, but I don't know. You get more exposure there than you would sitting at home doing nothing. So it's interesting. It'll be a very interesting time for AW going forward. We'll transition over to WWE now with the draft stuff. We don't have to go through every single pick. Um, night one, night two, a lot of major names being moved or at least staying put. Um, Cody Rhodes, Becky Lynch being among them on the Raw roster. Raw also getting the Intercontinental Champion Gunther and the rest of Imperium. Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Miz, Shinsuke Nakamura, Indy Hartwell, the NXT Women's Champion, uh, all going to Monday Night Raw. Being called up to Raw on night one was Apollo Crews, or going back to Raw, whatever. J.D. McDonough, uh, Zoe Stark, uh, all on night one going to Monday Night Raw. SmackDown on night one got Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion. Raw obviously getting the SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. Uh, the Street Profits, Edge, Bobby Lashley, the OC Damage Control, and Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. So a lot of big names being moved on night one. I think SmackDown may have gotten the better of night one. Raw got the better on night two. Um, night two saw several people move. Like I said, Rhea and Rollins remaining put on Raw. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the current undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Raw also getting the Women's Tag Team Champions, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez. Judgment Day, The New Day, All the Days. Uh, Trish Stratus, Ronda Rousey, Shayna, Braun and Ricochet, Bronson Reed, Alpha Academy, Katana Chance, and Kaden Carter. 
Uh, SmackDown getting the first premier pick on night two for SmackDown was the United States champion Austin Theory, Charlotte Flair staying put on SmackDown. The Usos. I think I, I I don't I think I totally forgot Roman Reigns and, and Solo. I don't know, that's the biggest pick of them all. I don't know how I forgot that. Uh, the entire bloodline staying put on SmackDown. Um, also on SmackDown, where was I? B-b-b-b-b- Latino World Order. Oscar brawling broods carrying cross with Scarlet. L.A. Knight Shotzi pretty deadly. Rick Boogs and Cameron Grimes getting the call. Grayson Waller also going to SmackDown. Odyssey Jones going to Raw. Uh, Johnny Gargano. We had a couple free agents including. Omas, who can appear yes. in both brands, who gives a shit. So, again, that's not all the picks. Those are just the major ones. Um, in a nutshell, just give me your thoughts on the draft and what you thought of it, and we'll kind of go in depth from there. I honestly think our mock, I mean, if you look back, I thought we did pretty well. Uh, looking looking back, I just saw on the top of my head. I, I hope you have your hat in your hand so you can eat it. When Drew, <laughs> Seth, and Cody went to Raw, you fought me on that one. No, you were right. You called that You're one. You're welcome. Um, if anything, I think our hardest or the picks that didn't land, I think we're like probably most of the women. I feel like yes. the women ones were kind of more like head scratchers than anything else. Like I think we thought Rio would stay on SmackDown because I mean it kind of made sense. And Bianca stay on Raw, they flip flopped them. Didn't really make a lot of sense, but I guess that's where we're going with. Um, I mean, we called Theory to SmackDown, going to the Raw, so that's a that's a plus. Um, I think who else? Uh, I feel like we're pretty good on. I th- like I said, I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, but I think, like you said, I think on the first night SmackDown got the better half. On the second night it was more raw. Um, but no, I, I think overall, like depending on what happens, I think it was a pretty fair. And I think both shows got what they needed. The biggest head scratchers are LA Knight going to SmackDown again. <laughs> he is kind of like breaking out as a baby. I feel like he's breaking out as a baby face. So maybe could, if Theory yeah. keeps the belt, you could do him in Theory. I mean, I mean, if Elena goes face, I feel like he's getting such a good reaction now. It could be the chance. Could be the kind of could be the direction. So maybe that's why he stayed on SmackDown. But I don't. know, I feel like he could fit on Raw if he's going to stay heel, like world title pitch or whatever. But that was head scratcher cross. I mean, he's just in a weird predicament right now. It, I also just didn't help. I don't think it helped when he first originally got called up. Like, he went right after Drew, which was fine. And then he lost, and then he hasn't done anything since. So, it's one of those things, like, you can't push someone to the top and then think people are going to care about something in the mid- in the middle. So, that was a little weird. Those two specifically stay on SmackDown. But I thought the champions, like I said, I thought Gunther and Theory, like, their switch was needed. Because I think Theory's... I think Theory screams SmackDown just to me, specifically. But I think Gunther and Raw would be great. He can be, like, the... Yeah, they basically switched, switched spots of being the top heel on, on Raw, so now Gunther will be their top heel on Raw um, until they get a champion or maybe Drew goes heel, whatever. But uh, the women changing, I mean, I hope they just rename the belts. I, I really don't want a belt switch because not that I care specifically, I just think it's dumb because then they count it as a different reign. Like, yep. oh, now Bianca's like a SmackDown champion. Like, no, she's not. <laughs> I guess they renamed the belts. I guess technically they re- renamed the belts. It, it would be the same thing, but uh, I don't know. They just need to get Raw and SmackDown out of the belt names and just change them because it's just dumb. At this point, if you're going to do a brand split, it's just dumb. So we'll see what happens. But overall, I thought it was good. I think there were good moves on each side. Like I said, there were a couple head scratchers. I like the NFC call ups. A lot of really call ups. A lot of call ups. Like specifically, like the women tag team. Like, are they going to merge the belts? Because now Don and and Fire have it on SmackDown and Liv and Raquel on Raw. Like, they don't have enough women tag teams to have two separate women tag team divisions. So, I guess we'll see there. Um, but, no, I, 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 I actually thoroughly enjoyed 
the picks. I mean, I, I thought it made the show quality worse for both shows, um, just the draft itself. But mm-hmm. uh, I think like the switches that were made were, were necessary. Yeah, again, I, I've seen a lot of people say, I've talked about it in the hashtag, does it really feel like a rearranging of the furniture? I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, was it truly game-changing, as Triple H said? Absolutely not. And like I said on hashtag, I mean, I didn't really put much stock into that because they say that shit all the time. They're big, uh, you know, hyperbole people. They say this shit constantly, and it never really means much. Um, so I wasn't really disappointed that it wasn't game-changing. Like, we have a new World Heavyweight Championship on Raw. We got many call-ups. Game-changing? No. Um, the only game changer would be if they drafted like AEW people or <laughs> like free agents or something. Other than that, really not much you can do with the draft that's game changing. It's the same format pretty much every fucking year with no GMs. It's a lot harder to take this thing seriously, but whatever. Um, the actual picks being made, I did like though, like you said. I agree with pretty much everything. Um, let's kind of go in depth with a few of the things you mentioned there. With the top baby faces on Raw, you were right. Listen, I did fight you tooth and nail. Why would Rollins, Cody... Uh, and, and McIntyre all go to Raw. Those are three top-tier babyfaces all in the same show. McIntyre, I like being on Raw because he's away from the bloodline. Rollins being away from... I mean, I wanted him on SmackDown, um, but listen, if he's on Raw, he's becoming the first ever World Heavyweight Champion, so he's on Raw, so that's pretty much a guarantee at this point. Cody's on Raw. Kind of a question mark. Now, you said he's going to Raw. Um, I, we, we had an in-depth discussion last week. You didn't, like, you weren't head over heels wanting him on Raw. You just thought he would go to Raw, and you were right. I agreed with you. I figured that would kind of happen. I wanted him on SmackDown. How do you finish the story, pal? I mean, how do we do this? Do you finish the story at all? Do you have him win Money in the Bank? Do you have him win the Royal Rumble? Are we wrapping up the story at WrestleMania? Or is the story just him winning the World Heavyweight Championship? How would you book this? How do you think this is going to go? It really, yeah, exactly. You kind of, you kind of put it nicely there for me. Um, it really depends on what the story is. I mean, I thought the story was him winning the WWE Championship. That didn't happen. Um, seemingly, if he's on Raw, he'll contend for the World Heavyweight Championship. But I mean, the story originally was the WWE Championship. Maybe the story changed somewhere. Maybe they got a new author. Not quite sure. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at this point, I feel like it's him winning the World Heavyweight Championship at some point. I just, I don't know. That's at, at that The way that it's made, unless he gets traded to SmackDown, I mean, that's the story at this point. Like, I guess he could win Money in the Bank. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he really needs that. Unless, like, he's heroic Cody and he, like, pulls a Braun Strowman, like, oh, I'm just going to challenge you for a match and then lose again. Um, like Braun did, but uh, <laughs> that's the only way I could see it, I guess. Like, wins the briefcase, challenges Roman for a match, and beats him. I mean, besides that, it's, I mean, I don't think he'll win the Rumble again. If he does, I think people will, like, set the seats on fire. I mean, two years in a row, I mean, seems a little desperate. So, mm-hmm. I think there's a better chance he wins money in the bank. If he's gonna, if the story's going to actually be finished correctly, that's the only way that probably makes sense, unless he got traded to SmackDown. But I don't think him winning the Rumble would help him on the fans eyes i'm not saying i like this but I, i'm still i still am of the belief that he is going to either win the rumble or somehow get back to smackdown before mania and then they'll do it again at wrestlemania i i, I am still thinking that it's going to be cody and roman next year at mania unless do you think there's like a way that like maybe they do it like elimination <laughs> chamber do like a uh i don't know number one contenders match for the for the WWE Championship, and he somehow gets in and wins. He could do that. Like yeah. I don't think he needs to win the Rumble again. I think that's ridiculous. I, no, so. I listen, I agree, but I'm just saying I think it's very possible. I mean, it also depends how hot he is at that point. If he's who, if he's super hot and people are okay with it, because we haven't had a back-to-back winner in like 25 years. So if they were to do it properly, I mean, and also again, we speak now in May. 
in January, is there someone hotter than Cody or as hot as Cody that, is, that should win the Rumble, then Cody wins and instead then he gets booed? I mean, we really don't know. At, at this point, I would be okay with it, but it depends on what's happening at that point. That's really the whole thing. I think it's a big yeah. risk. Yeah, I, I get it. So I think it's a big risk to wait. I've, we've said this for weeks now. I'm not going to change my stance. I just think it'd be dumb <laughs> to wait until then because what if people boo him by that point? What if someone else gets hotter? What if... He gets hurt. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. I would do it at SummerSlam. I would have him win Money in the Bank. Um, the only other person to uh, win Money in the Bank and Rumble in the same year, I, I thought it was nobody, but someone corrected me recently. It was actually Alberto Del Rio, who ended up winning the, in the contract and in the championship at SummerSlam. So Cody can uh, hopefully follow in the footsteps of Del Rio in that sense and not in any other sense but that one. Um, very possible. I would rather see that. Do you think that would justify why they put all three of those names on Raw. I just think it kind of makes Raw very babyface heavy. And that's not even including Nakamura. Let's see how far he goes. But Nakamura, Riddle, Owens, Zayn, uh, Strowman when he goes back out on his own. I mean, that's a lot of babyfaces right there and probably a few more I'm not even thinking of. Gargano's like 10th on the list. Um, You know, there's really not much for growth for people like him. Do you think it's either because, one, Cody is going to SmackDown at some point this summer, later on, via like a contract, briefcase, whatever, or is it, two, and at that point, why not just draft Cody to SmackDown, but whatever, or is it, two, they were going to be turning McIntyre heel when he gets back, or do you think it's a combination of both? I think it's a combination of a little bit of both. I think, if you're looking at on, on paper right now, it, Raw has the same problem they had before, I mean... They literally didn't have any heels besides theory, realistically. I mean, obviously, like, Omos and The Miz and some other people. But, like, they didn't really have any top-tier baby or heels. Now, I guess they have Gunther, so I guess that replaces Theory. But they really don't have any of their main event heels on Raw. So, I, I, like I said, I think Drew going heel makes the most sense. Um, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think him going heel makes the most sense out of everyone else. Like, Rollins is just turned. Like, he just turned, but not him. Cody's not turning heel. Riddle, maybe. I think like he he's probably anyone else besides Drew would make the most sense. But I mean, Owens and Zayn just like they were heels for a while. They just turned babyface. So I, I would uh, I would say Drew makes the most sense. And then Riddle. I think Riddle could go heel as well. Yeah, that's possible. It all depends on when Orton's back, if they want to reunite the two. Orton can come back as a heel as well on Raw. I mean, Raw is pretty stacked with star power. Not that SmackDown isn't, but, you know, Raw is the bigger show. They kind of need more stars. So that is interesting. The other big takeaway was what you mentioned earlier as well, the title swap situation. Now, as of this recording, we still don't know what's going on with these two championships. They're both being defended at Backlash. Bianca's facing EO. And earlier in, in the draft of night one, where some people were thinking, oh, okay, of course, damage control goes to Raw. Maybe EO can beat her and take the belt back to Raw. Except that's not the case, because EO is also on SmackDown as well. So they're fighting for a Raw championship on SmackDown on Saturday, as of right now. Rhea is defending against a SmackDown talent in Zelina Vega. I don't think Zelina Vega is winning. I don't think she should win. But it's something to keep in mind. Now, I said this on hashtag, I think it's quite likely that we get to 60, like 6.30 p.m. tomorrow, and then they add a little thing on, on Twitter saying, oh, we're getting a belt swap tonight, because I don't think they really want to announce it, because I feel like they know that people don't like it, or they don't even announce it at all, and then they just do it, like backstage or something with Bianca and Rhea. I mean, it is a, I mean, how do you think they solve the situation? I think a title swap is coming. I agree with you. I said to you last week, I think a, a rebranding of the championships is needed. You would also need to get them new belts because the raw and the, the red and the blue thing is kind of a problem as well. Honestly, you kind of mentioned it earlier, and we said it last week. Like, what would you even call them? 
I think if you called one of them the WWE Women's title, and then you mentioned it earlier with AEW, I think if you called one of them like the television championship, I think that'd be pretty fucking cool, honestly. Like the W, we haven't had a, a TV title on WWE in I don't think ever, if not in a long time. So the WWE Women's Television Championship, something like that, would be pretty sick. Um, but are you expecting a belt swap as I am? Um. So like, I feel like I've seen rumors that they're like rumored that they're going to change like the belt names and design stuff like that. So I, I mean, I pray. I don't like the belt swap, and it's not even like just because I think it's lazy. I just think it's dumb because then they count it as another reign. Yeah, like yeah. Charlotte probably yeah. has like twenty reigns because she fucking changed the belt <laughs> hands with Becky. Like this is dumb. So I hope they. I mean, realistically, if they change the name of the belt, they technically be another reign. So I guess we're kind of. It. I. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I guess at that point, but. uh I mean, I think they should just change the belt name and design, whatever. And then, so, like, if next year, like like you said, like the WWE Women's Champion gets drafted from Raw to SmackDown, we don't have to go through the belt change. Like, they just move the belt, and then the other one could go to, to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think, I don't really know what you name. Like I said, I think it's just WWE Women's Champion. I mean, you can do, like, WWE Women's Universal. I don't know. Whatever the fuck. It doesn't really matter. Like, just two, did not run SmackDown's fine with me. Um, and just different belt designs. I mean, the red and the yellow, the red and the blue, just, I mean, it's literally, it was the WWE Championship, just red and blue, just to signify that you're on Raw and SmackDown. So maybe a little bit more creative design, um, but I would just change it so Raw and SmackDown's out of it. For the tag belts, at this point, I would just, the men's tag belts, I would just make them one belt, mm-hmm. one championship, just travel between Raw and SmackDown. There's not enough teams. It's not. It's okay. They can go from show to show. Once they lose, back to where they belong. I, I would say not enough credible teams because they do have a lot of teams coming out of the draft. They're just not credible teams that really teams. matter. There you go. Credible teams. I, I don't want to see fucking maximum male models fighting for it. Like we need actual like team teams, and that's fine. That's fine. But I think even back in the day, though, dude, I think people kind of romanticize. And listen, I grew up in a period too where they had raw tag titles, like where they had tag titles on Raw. And then tag titles on SmackDown. when they made the fucking SmackDown tag. I was like literally a little toddler. I was like little wrestling Mark when they made the SmackDown ones. Yeah, no, but you have to remember too, I think people kind of romanticize that period. Because if I go back and watch that shit, like I've gone back and watched old Raws and SmackDowns. Maybe not, I'm not talking 02. I'm talking like 05, 06, 07, 08. They have like fucking like the same teams. I think I went back and watched a lot of Raws from 08. I think I saw Crime Time versus Caden Murdoch probably six times. Like, it's a lot of the same teams at that point. It just wasn't even entertaining that Deuce and Domino were the tag team champions. I mean, if those were your tag team champions in 2007, that, that tells you all you need. And they were tag team champions for like a fucking year, I think, too. Um, so it's just it's just silly. Uh, they definitely should have one tag title. They've just never known how to do tag team wrestling properly anyway, so just keep it as one. I would agree. The rain thing with the women is the worst part because especially with the, I mean when the it's a different rain it's stupid. With um, Bianca Belair, I mean if she swaps the title, her year long rain and she's about to break the record in like a couple days, weeks I think it's not it's not long until she breaks the record uh, of uh, B, uh of Becky said in 2019. The rain's over, like it, it her year long run is over. Can they say oh she's been undefeated for a, yeah I, mean, I guess but. It's not the same run, though. I mean, that's stupid. So, no, I would just rebrand it. I haven't seen the rumors. I hope that's true. We'll see. Uh, we know the NXT Women's Champion, Indy, also got... All the Women's Champions got moved in the draft. Uh, she's at least vacating her belt, relinquishing. I mean, she got hurt. I think the whole thing is dumb. And I love Indy, but I think it's very silly. They had her win it only to have her 
drop it. I mean, I know she got hurt. Maybe she would have lost it to Tiffany Stratton at Battleground, but then she got hurt. Who knows? We won't know. Um, I just thought that was weird. The tag team champions, we have no fucking clue. I would merge those belts, like you said. That is very dumb. Um, looking at the call-ups, though, who do you think... There's a lot of call-ups that got either brought up or brought back to the main roster. A lot of people that I think have you know room to grow. People like uh, Grayson Waller, I think is great. Pretty deadly. I think it'd do well. Odyssey Jones is an interesting pick. Might be a little too soon, but I think he has a lot of potential. Um, Cameron Grimes, honestly, I am shocked he was drafted. I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it. I thought it made sense, but I don't think it makes too much sense that they're not going to do it and the guy's just going to get fired. Um, but no, he actually got drafted to SmackDown, which is great. Who from the call-ups do you like? Who do you think will do the, uh, the best and have the most success in either SmackDown or on Raw? Yeah, I think, uh, you kind of hit some on the head. I think Prudy Adley definitely just like good new tag team for the tag team division. Um, I, I like them. I mean, their gimmick's kind of amp, but I think they're good in the ring. They're, they're a good team. Like I said, another good team to add to the mix. Um, Odyssey Jones, like I said, I think if anyone, like, if you want to say potential, mm-hmm. I think he'd be, like, the most potential just because, like, he isn't seasoned, like, really seasoned. But I think just, like, looking at him and his size and what they look for, I mean, I feel like depending on how he grows the next couple of years, I mean, he could be a main event player, WWE champion, depending on, how his career trajectory. So I think he's a, a good get if they use him correctly and he builds on what he's been doing. I think he's been pretty solid so far. I'm not like he's setting the world on fire, but he was also in developmental. I think given the right tools, he could be a, a big time player. Um, the women, I think, I mean, by herself, Alba Fire, I think she could go on a women. If based on her ability, she could be a champion tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of dicked around with her character a lot. I mean, if they just kept their Kaylee Ray. I mean, she was, like, top of the NXT UK right after Rhea and Tony. Like, her and Tony had a ton of great matches in, in NXT UK. So, I think if they just put her back to that or even they just let her be on her own, I think she could work and be a champion. So, I think she's obviously a great get. It's well overdue, by the way. But uh, uh, Waller, I feel like – I think he has potential. I just I just don't really know what to do with him right now. And I feel like he kind of get lost in the shuffle in the interim. But – I guess we'll see, but I think they have a lot of good... I think the call-ups make sense. It just depends on what you do with them. Cameron Grimes, I was shocked, like you said. I thought he was going to be on my F-I-R-E-D list, but <laughs> I guess he didn't make it. So, uh, But I think, like, he, honestly, for someone like him, I could see him being just like a main event guy. Unfortunately, I think he's just like main event bound. Yeah, well, on SmackDown, he's going to be on dark matches because they don't have... They, main event's only for Raw, so he probably wouldn't even be able to make that, but... I don't know, it's interesting, because SmackDown is the show with no champion right now, and it really is a question of how long is Roman going to hold the belt, because people, specifically the heels, have no one to fight right now. That's why I didn't like Karrion and LA Knight going to Raw, because they have nothing to fight for. I could have seen them in the World Title Tournament on Raw, maybe they still will be a part of it, they're not going to win. Plus, I wouldn't do that anyway, because I think that tournament should be exclusive to Raw people, it makes no sense for SmackDown stars to be in it. Um, I do like AJ and Bobby being on SmackDown, though AJ Styles is back as of SmackDown last week. I think both of those guys, I mean, they're not going to win, obviously, but if Cody doesn't win it at SummerSlam, and maybe you could do one of these opponents at Money in the Bank, I guess, I think Lashley or Styles as an opponent for Roman, have we seen the matches before? Yes. But it's been five or six, seven years for both guys. I think both of those matches are two big pluses for Roman on SmackDown, when Roman eventually shows up, that is. Yeah, definitely. I think those are good additions, specifically for Roman. But like I said, besides that, like, what do you do with them in the interim? I mean, Bobby's already feuded with Theory and he's facing him at Backwash. I don't think he's going to win. Um, so 
from there, I don't really know what you do with him. AJ, it's been a couple of years, so I think him versus Roman makes a lot of sense. It'll be a great match. Yeah, and Bobby and Karrion uh, Cross incoming, probably. I mean, it's, it's quite possible. Karrion will probably lose again, and then we'll be back in the same spot he's been in for a while. Um, you know, Grayson Waller, I think, could do well, not, not only because he's talented, but I think because he's not ready for that main event spot yet anyway, that you can have him working with people. I don't know if they would put him with Edge necessarily, but, you know, AJ or Bobby, I could see him working with them and maybe benefiting. And again, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. You need these people working with established talent to get over. And I think Grayson Waller working with those people would get him over. Like Solo working with and beating established people. Solo is obviously very over because he has all the heat in the world, brother. So um, Solo has done very well, as we know, and, and other people too. So we'll see. I'm curious to see how he does. Um, SmackDown's a very interesting case right now with who they drafted, who they didn't, and stuff like that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how these rosters shake up. And they said they go into effect on Monday. They said transfers are possible. So... <laughs> take that for what it's worth. I mean, that's so, that's such a WWE thing. Um, among the free agents, we'll go over these quickly. Brock, I mean, him being a free agent is fine because he was a free agent last time. I just don't know why they even put him in the pool. Like Logan Paul, for example, he was advertised at one point, but when they announced the pools last week, he wasn't in them. So, I mean, he, he comes and goes, whatever. If he comes and goes, I'm not really sure why Brock wouldn't be a free agent too. I thought that was kind of dumb. Um, but he was a free agent. Among other free agents, Baron Corbin, Cedric and Shelton, Dolph, Elias, Mustafali, Omas, Von Wagner, and Zion Quinn. Um, yes, they called up Wagner and Quinn. I don't really know how you go from NXT to being a free agent. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, Omas is now going to be on both brands, and MVP negotiated that specifically, so we found that out. The other people, I mean, I, I don't know why Cedric and Shelton. If they need teams, I don't know why the fuck they would not be on a brand. That is just ridiculous to me, and especially on SmackDown with Bobby. I mean, so dumb. Dolph Elias Mustafa, I can't even muster up the effort to care. Um, Corbin, I mean, <laughs> I think we said last week, <laughs> F-I-R-A-D, I mean, I think he might go to NXT, which might not be the worst use of him. If he doesn't, I don't know what you do with Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like I said, I think looking at the free agents, besides Brock, I mean, they're not going to job Omos out. Just no. Loves them, but literally, the rest of those people are like, I feel like they're free agents just like bop around from each other job out. Why else would you have them as free agents? Like, so like that makes the most sense. Like, they just would be the traveling job people. And maybe eventually someone could get over for being like a, like a, just a glorified job guy, but, uh, I just I feel like that's why they weren't drafted, just so they could bop around each show and just eat pinball. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the only thing that makes sense, right? I mean, they're all like at this point, there's they haven't really put any investment in any of these people the last couple months. I mean, yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, I'll say this much: if I was any of those people aside from Brock, maybe Omos might be safe as well because they're just super high on him. Any of those other people? Don't pick up the phone. If you see a 203 area code in the next couple weeks, do not pick up the phone. Because I, I just, I, they didn't, they haven't done this. There's a lot of free agents, quote unquote. They have not done this before. And again, if you need a jobber for a certain show, they would have just drafted him. They're like, fucking Akira Tozawa, who I like, but Akira Tozawa got drafted before a former world champion in Dolph Ziggler. So I'm thinking, like, are they on their way out? Like, I know Ali requested his release like 10 years ago, it feels like, but. 
I don't know. It's interesting. Let's get to Backlash on Saturday before we wrap up here, Mr. Marceau. We got a seven-match card coming up on Saturday in Puerto Rico. I keep thinking it's like a midday show, but it's not like in Saudi. Saudi is going to be like a noon, 1 p.m. show. This is going to be a regular Saturday night pay-per-view. Looking forward to it. Um, Let's start from the bottom and work our way to the top here. Rollins and Omos, literally zero, Bill. They interacted one time last week. Let's get this out of the way here. Rollins obviously wins. Uh, Omos is on the show because they want attraction, I guess. It's a fresh match, if nothing else. I can't really say much else that's positive about it other than that. Omos wins, LOL. Just kidding. Rollins is going <laughs> to stomp his head in the ground probably 10 times and win. And, and um, get one step closer to the world title, I would assume. Exactly. So, I mean, like I said, I think as like an attraction, whatever, there's been zero build, but, I mean, I think this show has sold itself with Bad Bunny just to the people in San, San, San Juan or Puerto Rico just in general, so you could literally put me and you in like a, a jelly match, and I think people would still show up. So. Yeah, I think people would pay tickets um, to see that. <laughs> I think people would too, but yeah, I mean, I think that's why they just slipped this on there, like you said, give Rollins a little bit more momentum towards the World Heavyweight Championship, and people like big people, so almost on the show. Yeah, exactly. I fear for Von Wagner being on a show like this in the future, but... um. Listen, they just want it's going to be a hot crowd in Puerto Rico, I think, and they just want people singing Rollins' song. That's really the only reason why I think this match exists, and to just get him on the card. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, asterisk, because we don't know if it's going to be the SmackDown Women's title after the show. Rhea Ripley, Zelina. Again, I guess Zelina could win and take the belt to SmackDown. I would just, I mean, but then what do you do with Bianca? You know, I would I would say that's a little more likely if Io were to beat Bianca, but Io is on SmackDown, too. So I think Rhea's beating Vega here, as she should. Uh, I, I'm 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 cool with the match because LWO and Judgment Day have been feuding. Vegas improved. She's going to be in Puerto Rico. It's a cool little spot for her. Cool. It's a good little spot for you, Daniel, to quote uh, Triple H or Stephanie back in the day. But uh, <laughs> it, it should be a nice little match. Rhea wins, obviously, as her first defense. Um, yeah, I think Rhea wins. I mean, Zelina's more like a B-minus player, but we'll keep it going. <laughs> um, I like Vega a lot. Like I said, I just feel like she just like randomly gets pushed, obviously, LWO and... And Judgment Night are feuding, but I mean, last time I saw her and Rhea, Rhea like killed her in like two seconds. So mm-hmm. I get that they've switched spots a little bit. Nice, like I said, nice little spot for Puerto Rico. She's Puerto Rican, makes sense. Rhea wins, and we move on. No, I agree. Uh, moving to the Raw Women's Championship. Speaking of the women's titles, Bianca Belair again for the Asterisk Raw Women's Championship, defending against Io Sky, also from SmackDown. I think this made it pretty clear Io is not winning. I don't think she was going to win anyway, but. You know, I'm looking forward to the match. It should be a good match. EO's great. Um, should play more in the dissension of damage control split. Maybe Bailey factors in the finish. Not intentionally, but maybe unintentionally. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. Um, either way, I think Bianca walks out still champion, regardless of what championship she's holding on Saturday. Yeah, I think Bianca wins. Um, I think it's a good spot if EO did win. I think EO's great. I think she should get a title run soon. Um, but like you said, I think there is some dissension with damage control coming. I don't know if, like I said, Bailey gets involved or something. Her and Dakota did win on Monday, so it kind of would be weird if she just then screwed her over or tried to help her win and she lost. I don't know. I feel like they could go that direction, though. So, But I think regardless, Bianca wins. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Austin Theory also defending the United States Championship against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed in a triple threat. This should be a good matchup. Austin Theory won the title in the triple threat we were there for at Survivor Series. Also involving Bobby. He did not pin Bobby. He pinned Rollins. Um, similar situation here. I think Reed is awesome. I think the situation is unfortunate because he's actually getting over now by working with Bobby. They're cutting the program short because they're on separate shows. So that's kind of a problem. 
Um, theory, it's either between Theory and Bobby because Bronson went to Raw, Reed went to Raw, and, and Raw already has the Intercontinental Champion. So Reed's kind of out of the equation, unfortunately. I would not put the belt back on Bobby. He's already beaten Theory for the belt before. Nothing is really accomplished by doing that. Um, theory is kind of feels cold right now, unfortunately, but I would still keep the belt on him anyway. I mean, couldn't you do a thing that Bronson wins the belt and he gets traded to SmackDown? Yeah, actually. You know what? They did that at Backlash, what, or Payback, I think, five, six years ago when Jericho beat Owens, like, out of nowhere, and then he went to SmackDown because of that. So, actually, you know what? That is very possible. I don't think that happens because SmackDown already has enough. Eh, I mean, they have Cross, Knight. I mean, they don't need him necessarily, and I kind of I like, I like him on Raw because he can be a bigger heel over there, but I think it's possible. I don't think that'll happen, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, though. Yeah, so I just wanted to slow that out there. But no, I think Theory wins here. Like you said, I think he is he is cold right now. And I don't think it's really up to him. I think no. it's more of his booking. I mean, we've talked about this multiple times. I think he has all the intangibles to be a top guy. Just Lately, he just is, like, there, but it's just because they put him there. Like, he's in a feud, but, like, there's other things going on that, like, like the whole, like, him, the lot, when he won the belt against Bobby and stuff, like, I feel like he just, like, was just there and won it. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't really a part of it. Like, kind of like a sneaky win. And then, I don't know. They need to, like, just, like, rehab him. Make him more dominant. Make him seem like he's, like, a, a big deal. I don't know. I just, they need to do something to improve his presentation. Because I think he has all the skills. Just the way they booked him lately. It's just kind of been ass. So, I think a, 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 a definitive win here would definitely help there. I could still see, like, Bobby hitting Bronze with a spear and him throwing him out of the ring and getting, like, a cheap win again. But, um... I mean, if he if he like hit Bronson or Bobby eight ten down one two three cleans the sheet that would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. I think a clean win could really help him here. Um, he he is the definition of a third wheel. I agree with the improvement of presentation. Like the entrance is great. The guy can talk. He can work. I don't know. He just doesn't feel he's not. He's never the focal point. He's just the third guy that's always there, and that's happened a lot throughout this reign. He hasn't lost one on one in in fucking months. Uh, I think since he lost the cash in back in like November or October. But he still doesn't feel as special as he should. And that's not really his fault. I don't think that's just my opinion. And I know you would agree. Um, last three matches here. Bad Bunny, Damian Priest. I think this could mean him at the show, honestly. But it's the most predictable of the three headlining matches. So I'll give it away first. Uh, it's a San Juan street fight. I think Bad Bunny wins. I mean, Priest has been booked quite strong lately, as he should. Because he was kind of like, again, the third wheel in Judgment Day for a while. Or the fourth wheel if you include uh, Rhea as well. But I think he uh, they put a good performance and they have a really good match and Bad Bunny shines as he has in the past. His first singles match in WWE, I think he's uh, I think he's going over, pal. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I I think there's a zero. Well, not zero, but I'd be shocked if Damian won here. So um, I got Bad Bunny winning here too. So. Yeah, I think that plays my riot. If Damian Priest won. I know he's from, he has he has ties to Puerto Rico as well, but he's the heel. They really want to see Bad Bunny. I could see this main eventing, honestly, we'll say. Uh, Six-man tag team match, no stakes, but a lot similar to last year's main event at Backlash. I don't know if this is main eventing. I don't think so. Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn against the Bloodline Solo, Sokoa, Jey Uso, and Jimmy Uso. This one can go either way. They're on separate shows now. Are these two trios? We've got Dissension of the Bloodline. The Usos are no longer tag team champions. I'm going to go Riddle, Owens, and Zayn. I don't think anything is really accomplished by having them lose here. If Owens and Zayn are the tag team champions and the Usos are not getting another shot, nor should they, I think they should win, put this to rest, and have Solo have issues with the Usos for one of them taking the pinfall loss here. What do you think? I mean, kid took what it literally was about to say, but <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the babyfaces win here. You have like, I think this, realistically, the, the babyfaces win, 
Jimmy will take the pinfall. They'll obviously be sentient. Solo, like, hit... I bet you Solo hits fucking Jimmy with a spike and then leaves Jay standing and they're like, what the fuck? Oh, did after the match? After the match, yeah. Okay. I think Jimmy will get pinned. There'll be some kind of, like, kerfluffle. <clears throat> Paul Heyman will say something. There's Solo. Solo spikes Jimmy. And then, like I said, then Jay's, like, standing there like, what the fuck? And then... Mm-hmm. We move on. I mean, the dissensions keep going. Like, they keep teasing, like, Solo's going to do something. Like, yeah. Piss her get off the pod at this point. So, I think it's the right time. Yeah, they got to further the story along. And they keep along. losing. The Usos keep losing. So, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it keeps mounting up. And I think they lose again and we get some more movement here. Yeah, no, Solo's winning, but he's, they're losing. So, it's interesting. And we got to move the story along. If Roman's not going to be here for a little while, I don't know if he's going to be a net of champions. I would assume so. Um, they can tell their story with Solo and the Usos in the meantime, so I like that. What I think will probably be the main event, I would probably put Bad Bunny and Damian Priest on last, but I think this match will likely main event. Uh, Cody and Brock in a first-time-ever one-on-one match. If it's not main eventing, I see it probably going on first. That's usually how the Brock matches go. So we can get home as soon as possible. Um, I think Brock... Hmm, it's tough. You know what? I'm going to keep you on your toes and throw it to you first, and then I'll give my answer. Who do you think's winning? Uh- I think Brock wins. Um, I don't like that response, but I'm just using my logic. <laughs> I feel like Cody's gotten the better of him like the last month. Besides, after Brock beat him up, Rhodes has got the best of him every time. Um, I mean, I think Brock needs wins. I just, I think Cody should win. But the way it's going, like booking tells me he's not going to. I just feel like Brock has got, like I said, he's gotten the better of him every time. Like kind of make Brock like a like a bitch. So, I mean, I, I I think Brock's winning. I don't want him to win, but I think he's gonna win. Here's my thing. I don't think the feud is over. I think it'll extend, and I think it should. I don't think this should be a one and done type thing. I think it'll be blown off if not have at least one more match at uh, Saudi Arabia for Night of Champions. And I don't think that's that's Cody's reason for not being in the tournament because he's facing Brock at that show. That's what I would do anyway. Um, I wouldn't have Cody win decisively at all, if they're going to do a rematch, that just doesn't make much sense. I think you should win decisively in the end. I would not put this on last, because I would do a no contest. I would do a DQ or some shit, even if Brock gets himself DQ'd. I mean, it kind of makes Cody look like a bitch, but um, if Cody were to go off and get himself DQ'd or a double countout, you know, kind of like with Brock and Bobby from Elimination Chamber, although that was never paid off, that was kind of a problem. I would not have Cody win clean here. Honestly, I think Brock, my prediction is that Brock will win. I think Brock will beat him in like five minutes and they'll extend the feud. <laughs> I honestly think that's the case. Maybe they tell the story, oh, Cody came back to the ring too quickly. He's not cleared yet and blah, blah, blah. That kind of makes him look like a loser, but I could see that being the reason. I would just have it go to a no contest. I don't think Cody wins either. I, I wouldn't even have Cody Rhodes win yet. Um, I wouldn't have Brock win anyway, because I feel like having Cody Rhodes win decisively two shows in a row is kind of stupid, um, especially given the gravity of the first loss. I will say, though, on paper, if we're putting money in this, which we're not, I'm going to have Brock win. I think Brock will win. I wouldn't do that, but I think that's the story they're trying to tell. As long as Cody wins in the end, I, I still think that's not smart, but as, as long as Cody wins in the end, that's what needs to happen, and that's what they should do. So, we'll find out on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it should be a fun show. We've had a lot of really good shows lately. I said yesterday in Hashtag. But, you know, Mania I thought was great. We were at Chamber. Had a lot of fun there. Rumble was good. Survivor Series was good. They've had a lot of good shows lately under the Triple H 
regime in, in Vince, I guess, in parentheses uh, nowadays. So it is what it is. But we'll talk about it all next week here on the show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll talk more about Double or Nothing as it gets closer and all the other AEW and WWE news that comes up, uh, news that comes up, rather, on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, and all the other platforms you can find the show. I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews, Mr. Marceau, brother. This is a great time as always. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy Cinco de Mayo tomorrow, and I'll catch you rest down the road, brother. See you later. If you see Guardians, let me know. Uh, it might be in the cards. I'll let you know. Mm, all right. All right. Sounds good, brother. We'll discuss. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Adios. Adios.